0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a podcast about black culture from blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Luce. In my ideal version of the criminal justice system, mysteries about Black folks that go unsolved are considered especially heinous. And in New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these strange mysteries are members of an elite squad known as the NBI, the Nod Bureau of Investigation. I am, of course, a member of this elite squad. And a few weeks back, a woman named Dodi reached out to me for help in finding an old friend. So I asked her to come into my office at once.
3: I felt that you guys could help me because I felt like this is a
0: mystery that only a black person would <laughs> <laughs> But that's, see, these are the right? types, that's the types of mysteries <laughs> that mean I'm that type of gumshoe. Yeah. yeah. Dodi is a freelance writer and editor. On the day we met, she was looking admittedly stylish in a black tracksuit that even Army Hammer would envy. But put together as she was, I could tell that something was bothering her. She said it all started about a year and a half ago when her mom told her that she was sick.
3: My mother got a terminal diagnosis. It was very sad, but she planned on doing a lot of things before she died. And she was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Paris. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And very encouraging, I was like, yes, go to Paris. And when she got back, she said, you know, while I was there, I wanted to
0: find Zoe. That's all that you used to have. But her mom couldn't find Zoe. And that's why Dodi was here. She wasn't just looking for any old friend. She was looking for a black doll that her mom bought on a family trip to Paris. Dodi was four at the time, and she picked out the doll all by herself. She decided to name her Zoe. And it was pretty much the
3: only doll that I really liked um, because I wasn't that into dolls. And I honestly hadn't thought about this doll for a very long time. And I was like, don't worry about that. Like, you're trying to, like, live out your best, you know, the time you have left. Like, why are you worried about something for me? And so I really, at the the time, was kind of like, don't waste your time looking for something for me. Also, I'm a grown woman. I don't need this doll. Like, if that's what you were doing while you were there, like, you know, (laughs) cut it out. (laughs)
0: Wait, so so how, how long
3: was this ago, though, that she went on this trip and she talked to you about it? Um, it was last year, last spring, mm-hmm. and then she died in June last year. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I feel strongly that, like, however these things are supposed to go, like, she really did try to, like, enjoy the time that she had left and that we don't have, like, a lot of regrets, like, as a family mm-hmm. about how it went down, even though it's, like— obviously it sucks and it's the worst mm-hmm. um but i have like a i have like a piece about it i just don't have a piece about zoe
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like what do you what do you, do you want to buy that like if you could find zoe would you want to buy do I you just want to think photo? so i
3: think i would i think a photo would be i just kind of like wanted to like see her face again
0: oh i know okay so now i knew exactly what Dodi needed me to find A photo of this long-lost doll. A reminder of happier times in Paris with her mother. What was she like as a mom?
3: She would call me at 6.06 a.m. every year on my birthday, which is like the time I was born. Did your mom
0: do that? My mom used to burst into my room and she would start singing, (laughs) Rise and shine and give God the glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and she could not sing
3: at all. She couldn't hold a tune, but she would sing Happy Birthday. And um, it was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> but yeah, but it was kind of on that on that level of like sometimes like overwhelming. And I, there's a certain comfort in it. And there's – and like um, – like, support and stability that you're like, this is always here, mm-hmm. no matter what other kind of
0: bullshit mm-hmm. happens.
3: <laughs> like, this is here.
0: One of her mother's final attempts to comfort her was by trying to find this doll. But she couldn't. So after her mother passed, Dodi started looking for it. She would stay up super late, falling into internet wormholes and scanning the faces of obscure antique dolls in search of something familiar. And while she came across a ton of information on white dolls... Looking for a specific black doll just proved to be, like, a very weird and frustrating task. This doll obviously meant a lot to Dodi. I mean, I had plenty of black dolls as a kid, but I'm not sure I would spend this much time looking for any of them. Why was she so important to you? Yeah, I
3: think at that age, um... I think that she was kind of like my, you know, my companion and we were doing things together and that I was sort of using her a little bit as like an avatar for the world. Like she would do things that I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. but also just like keep me company. I think it's like (laughs) – I think it's possibly – the last time I was ever carefree, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. honestly, where you're you're I'm too young to understand like racism. I'm not following the news. Mm. I'm the apple of my parents eye like they just adore me and everywhere I go I'm smiling and I'm like tap dancing in restaurants and people think it's cute and I'm just like living you know just like completely like cheerful like naturally and not be just like happy to be alive and I definitely think that's something that I would like to recapture (laughs) in this in this point in my life where I'm like I have a lot of cares. I am not carefree. And so if I could know, if I could know that carefree joy of of a four-year-old Dodi, (laughs) I mean,
0: I would pay a lot of money for that. Luckily for Dodi, the NBI works pro bono. Every mystery solved is a win for the culture. Because Zoe wasn't just any doll. She was a rare black doll that meant a lot to a little black girl. So in order to solve this mystery, I would need to know what Zoe looked like. But since Dodai had no photos, I had to bring in some reinforcement. I'm about to have like such an Oprah moment right now. Yes. So so like, you know, you have no photos. That's okay. <laughs> Okay. Um because like here at the Nod, we're resourceful. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? We plan ahead, we think ahead. So um so we actually brought in a sketch artist. Oh my gosh. Um to help us create an image of the doll that we can oh use while God. we're looking. So he's going to come on wow. in. Wow. Hey. We'll here. Hey. Hi. Hi David.
3: Hello. Hi. Hi,
0: I'm David.
3: <laughs> nice to meet you, don't I? I
0: do.
3: Oh my gosh. This is great.
0: I know. I know. I know. <laughs> So, Dodi started to paint a picture of what Zoe looked like. And David, our sketch artist, got to work. She's five inches tall. Around five inches tall. Okay.
3: Um, Are you going to put a little thing like on, the, like on a police lineup? Where it's like or a milk carton? We don't know. True. True. Her proportions are childlike. So... Her head is a little bit big for her body. She had big eyes that were (laughs) what we'll call hazel, but because she's a doll and it's like made out of plastic, it was almost (laughs) orange. (laughs) Curly hair, but it was very short. It was kind of like a like a cap of curls, like a button nose and like cute little lips. And they were red, like a very defined Simple on top. Very neutral face. And I think that's part of why you can like kind of project your own stuff onto her. Her dress was so short that you sort of like sometimes saw her panties. Kind of like a schoolgirl dress. Tiny white socks. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then little like kind of a Mary Jane. Like the strap didn't open, you just like shoved
0: it on her foot. Don't I? I I think that we are gonna figure out a way to help you. <laughs> I okay. do, I do, I do. Okay. I, I, I really believe that we are going to figure this shit out. <laughs> okay. We're going to figure it out. All right, go team not. I like don't know detective speak, but <laughs> in the criminal justice system... Yes, these are their stories. These are their stories. <laughs> okay, so in my time at the NBI, I have solved... Many cases. I mean, how else do you think Khloe Kardashian found out about her real father, OJ Simpson? That was me. And you really think that Push found Adonis on his own? Me, again. But even so, I knew that searching for this doll across decades and continents was going to be tough. So I enlisted the skills of my fellow NBI agent. Kate.
2: Just your regular schmegular doll detective.
0: <laughs> regular schmegular doll detective from the Highlands.
2: You're just saying you're just profiling me because I'm British. You think I'm a good detective. <laughs>
0: like Sherlock Holmes.
2: Yeah. We
0: knew nothing about dolls. So we needed to talk to the experts. People who regularly try to find rare dolls. So Kate got to work and quickly discovered that the black doll community was big on Facebook.
2: Okay, so. There's a bunch of different groups. There's like um Black Dolls Matter.
0: Oh okay. Mm-hmm.
2: That's beautiful, a name. beautiful black male dolls club. That's all one club. Yes. Black doll and toy collectors circle. By black dolls, the black doll. So I
0: asked her to take our Zoe sketch and post it in every black doll Facebook group she could find. One of those groups was dedicated to black fashion dolls. And that was where the sketch of Zoe caught the eye of a collector named Megan. So, Kate gave her a call.
2: Hello? Hi, is that Megan? Yes, yes, hi. Hi, Megan. (laughs) Am I reaching you at home? Who's that?
1: Yes, his name is Moose.
2: Like the animal? Yes. So where am I reaching you?
1: I am in Andover, Massachusetts, and I'm a history teacher, and my training is in U.S. history, um, Native American and African American um, history, and my elective is critical race theory.
2: Does your interest in black dolls ever intersect? Do you get to bring some of that into the classroom ever when you're teaching?
1: Yes, actually. Sometimes I, I create costumes or dioramas and those mm-hmm. kinds of things with my dolls. So um, the, kids, the kids love that, and I bring that in. And then for a little bit, I don't know if you – I have to show you. Look this up. This is one of my critical race theory dolls um, they got for me, which is um, Oreo Barbie.
2: Is that a real thing?
1: Yes, I have one. What – and she's in a lovely blue outfit, um, embossed with Oreo.
2: Wait, and, and like just to be clear, is this a black Barbie doll? It's a black Barbie doll. Well they, they also have
1: um Ritz Cracker Barbie.
2: Oh and she's white. Oh great. Yeah.
1: I've never been able to find Cracker Barbie. <laughs> I've looked everywhere. <laughs>
2: That'll be my next mission is finding Cracker Barbie. (laughs) Please, please find Cracker Barbie.
0: (laughs) Cracker Barbie. I mean, in this line of work, you learn something new every day. And I mean, I am all for tracking Cracker Barbie down. But our current mission was to find Zoe. And Megan seemed qualified to help. I mean, Megan is
1: deep in the doll world. I've been doing this a little bit and people are like, okay, what do you do? And I'm like, well, at like two o'clock in the morning, I'm up and, um, crafting like, you know, doll furniture with a glass of Chardonnay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we were like, okay. (laughs) Um, and it, it, I just found it really cathartic. And so when I found this group,
0: Megan grew up in southeastern Ohio. There weren't a lot of black people in her area, so her parents bought her black dolls so she'd have some representation. The one doll she really wanted was too expensive, and it wasn't available in local stores. But when she got older, Megan realized that she could actually buy the black doll she never had growing up. It was a Swedish doll called a Sasha doll, and it seemed to match Dodai's description.
2: Can I ask, like, what you really loved about the Sasha dolls? What did I love? Let me go look at one. Let's see. Ah, you're gonna go get one. Yeah. Where do you keep them?
1: Oh, I have a horribly cluttered office, mm-hmm. and um, the Sasha dolls are in a like glass display case, and it's from IKEA, and I put it together.
2: i so proud well of done. myself. Well
1: done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, lights on. So, okay, so the Sasha dolls, they have these dead look in their eye. Hmm. Um, they're like, they're little children. And I just like the way, I don't know, they just, they look like the twins from The Shining.
2: That sounds creepy.
1: Yes, they are creepy. I call them my creepy dolls, and everybody who sees them says, oh, my God, they're creepy. But for some reason, as a kid, I really loved them.
0: Yeah. So Megan was a lot of help. The Sasha doll did, in fact, look a lot like Dodai's description. It was a European doll, the skin tone seemed right, and like Zoe, the Sasha dolls had neutral expressions.
2: My fellow detective, I salute you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks so much, Megan. No problem. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Bye. Okay, so we had our doll. All we had to do now was show it to Dodi, and this case would be closed. Another win for the culture. I called Dodi from my burner phone to share the news. Hi, this is Dodi. Hi, Dodi. This is Brittany. How are you?
4: Hey, Brittany. I'm good. How are
3: you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, um, you're about to get a text from an unknown number with okay. a photo. And just let oh, me yeah. know. Let me know when you get it. And if you see oh, it. Oh, my God.
3: Okay. Okay. I got
0: it. Okay. So, this doll is the closest to Zoe that we've been able to find so far.
4: That's a, that's a pretty cute doll. Um, It's definitely
0: not Zoe. It's not Zoe. No. Damn. So, It wasn't Zoe. Don't I said the problem was with the Sasha doll's eyes.
4: These eyes are a little, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say blank, but I'm going to say blank. (laughs) She's kind of, she's not as alert as Zoe. Zoe had kind of like a sparkle and a twinkle.
0: Yeah. So like we're not, like we were looking for that non-possessed doll. That's look, right. Non-possessed. I mean, look, I'm willing to
3: admit that all dolls are like a little creepy. <laughs> but I just think
4: that these were these were like, you know, these were like twinkling bright eyes and not like um, I've seen some shit eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, this is very, very helpful to know. I will get back in touch with you when we have new leads. But until then, you know, just stay vigilant.
3: Okay, thank you.
4: I hope I, hope I get more um, texts from unknown numbers that just have like black, black kids in them. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just making my day like super different from any other day.
0: Okay, so we needed some new leads. And as Kate was researching, she came across an entire museum dedicated to black dolls.
5: So I'm Deborah Britt. I am a um, doll collector. I've been collecting for, I don't know, 50, over 50 years now. Oh, wow. So my sister says that we are fancy hoarders. So we're not... <laughs> <laughs> Collective is just a name for fancy hoarders. Okay, that's what (laughs)
0: Collective is. Look, Deborah is just being modest. She's not just a fancy hoarder. She's actually one of the founders of the National Black Doll Museum. A few years back, she and her sisters opened the museum in Mansfield, Massachusetts. And it's home to more than 7,000 black dolls. And that's not even counting Deborah's personal collection. How many dolls are in your house?
5: In my house, probably, oh, about a 1000 dolls,
0: Give or take. Yeah, give or take.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so every room has dolls. Uh-huh. My living room, my bathroom. My dining room has two china cabinets with dolls.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So wait, you have, like, you say there's dolls in every room of the house. There's probably dolls, like, that are right around you right now, right? Yes, are. Wait, mm-hmm. so who's around you right now?
5: Um... This, I'm looking at one, two, three, six or seven topsy-turvies. I'm looking at a couple of Fergus from England. Wait, wait, I'm wait.
0: At- You're using all this. This is like deep knowledge terminology. <laughs> I don't,
5: I mean, I'm in, serious. In the, doll, in the doll world, there there is language mm-hmm. um, that you get to, to know, that people get to know. Um, topsy-turvies are a... Um, a historical doll made by enslaved mothers. One side is white, the other side is black. Enslaved mothers made these dolls because black kids were not allowed to have dolls that looked like them. It's topsy-turvy, upside down. One side white, the other side brown. Wow. I wonder who would play with me, the mistress children or the black mammy. When the
4: master is around,
5: the brown side is down. I pretend to cook and clean without a frown. But when we're alone, just mommy and me, she flips me over and whispers, one day we'll be free. Topsy.
0: Wait, so how do you know that poem?
5: That poem was told to me when I was
0: a kid. When Deborah was a kid, her grandmother introduced her to black dolls. She worked as a maid for white families, and she would take hand-me-down dolls from her employers and dip-dye them brown for Deborah. Deborah says her grandmother saw the dolls as a salve for some of the pain that Deborah experienced as a black girl growing up in the early 1960s.
5: I had a teacher that told me I looked, I was a bush boogie. He told me I looked like a monkey. My God. And whenever I went to go ask him a question in school, he told me I was a bush boogie, I could never learn anything, blah, 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 blah. And he just humiliated me every day in school, every single day. When I went and told my grandmother... About this teacher in this school. My grandmother grabs me and says, Okay, that's because you don't know your history or where you come from. She kept saying, You're never gonna be Barbie, you're never gonna look like Barbie. This is who you are and this is who you're gonna look like.
0: So Deborah began a long search to find a doll that looked exactly like her. She said it was hard because she has a big gap in her teeth. But hundreds of dolls, and many years later, she finally found the one.
5: When I turned about 52 or 53, I found this doll called Nadine. And she's fat and chunky, <laughs> and, and she got pigtails. And she kind of looked like I did when, the, when I was a kid. So I think she's like one of my favorite dolls,
0: mm. because she
5: reminds me of myself.
0: And through decades of searching, she became a certified dolls expert. So, could she identify Dodai's doll?
5: This doll reminds me of a Ferga. I just told you about that.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah, that was one of the dolls you said was around you, right?
5: That was around me. And I just went to my shelf and pulled the doll, the doll, off the shelf when I saw it. Because that is a doll that is made in France. Huh. A lot of black dolls came from out of Europe in the beginning anyway, before they were manufactured in the United States. They were manufactured outside. Wait, wh- then,
0: why was that?
5: But we just didn't do it here. Because remember, African-American, black people, we were second-class citizens. And so they did not make dolls in our images here. Europeans, we were, to them, we are exotic. And so most of the dolls that came from out of Europe that featured Black people or that showcased Black people look like Black people. They were really detailed. So when you look at them, they're like beautiful dolls because the features are like outstanding. I mean, if you look at them, it's just like amazing.
0: We thanked Deborah, and she got to work searching through her collection. A few days later, she threw a couple ideas our way. But... Only one doll really stood out. It was made in England, and the doll had these fiery hazel eyes. They were just like the ones Dodai had described. It was looking like it was time to send Dodi yet another anonymous text.
4: Okay, I'm opening it. Okay. Um, oh. Hmm. Okay, I see a doll Uh huh. with... Short hair mm-hmm.
3: and um, <laughs> big orange hazel eyes, mm-hmm. a tiny little nose,
1: mm-hmm.
3: a tiny little mouth.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: She's cute. This is a cute,
0: this is a cute doll. So I don't think this is Zoe. <laughs> you don't think this is Zoe? Okay, 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 so. okay,
1: okay. So the eyes,
3: the eye color I feel like is pretty on point. I feel like these are the right, the correct eyes.
0: Correct eyes. Okay, okay.
3: Yeah. This hair I don't think is quite right. But I have to say that it's really, you know, it's really close.
0: Well, really close was not going to cut it. If we were going to help Dodi fulfill her mom's mission, we needed to find the real deal. But if a woman who owns more than a thousand black dolls can't help us identify Zoe, then who could? After the break, the NBI goes cross-continental and gets extremely intimate.
3: And the little underwears. <laughs> I feel like this is I feel like these are her underwear.
0: Welcome back. So, I cannot lie, this NBI investigation was wearing me out. But I couldn't quit. We were doing this for the culture, right? So, we got in touch with the only other lead we had, a woman named Debbie Garrett. She's a friend of Deborah's, and she lives out in Texas. And she has a collection of 2,000 black dolls and a super popular doll blog with thousands of readers all over the world. So, Kate gave her a call.
2: I, I was trying to explain to someone. I was like, okay, so I'm talking to Deborah Britt, and then I'm today I'm talking to this woman called Debbie, and they're like, does everyone in the Black Doll community are they all called a Debbie or Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> that's a common name.
2: I think that's just a common name for
4: the probably the era that we in which we were born. Oh, because okay. when I went to uh, when they desegregated schools here in nineteen seventy two mm-hmm. and uh there were so many girls there who whose name was Debbie. hmm that it was it was just unreal. <laughs>
2: just so many Debbies. How did you differentiate yourself? Well, I was basically the only black one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are the types of dolls that interest you? Um,
4: currently um Interested in still the dolls that were made them during my childhood, mm-hmm. the 1950s and 60s. I hadn't had a black doll of my own ever, you know, during my childhood. I guess I was trying to fill that void of not owning black dolls, and um, it hasn't been filled yet. Uh, I mean, I have just about every type of doll that anybody could ever want so there's nothing really out there that I would really want except a Leo Moss doll and those dolls are so expensive that uh I mean they're like the price of a car so wow um,
2: what kind of dolls are those well Leo Moss
4: was an a 19th century doll maker said to have been a handyman. He was a black man from mm-hmm. Macon, Georgia. He had children, and he wanted his children to have black dolls. And uh, there weren't
1: any, mm-hmm. of
4: course. And if there were, he probably couldn't afford them. So he he began making dolls. Mm. And uh, he made dolls in the likeness of family and friends. And... Uh, Now on auction sites they I mean they sell for thousands of dollars.
2: Wow.
0: Debbie told Kate she could find almost any black doll in the United States. She'd been writing and posting about them on her doll blog for years. But since Zoe was bought in France our best bet was to find a black doll collector in Europe.
4: I could post it on my blog because I have readers that are all over the country. And there is, uh, there, is actually, there is actually one lady that communicates with me often who is in France. So she might be able to uh, provide some leads.
0: So Debbie posted the illustration to her blog, and a person using the screen name Leonore at Lorelei replied, more than 10 times with a few suggestions. We got in touch with her via email and it turns out she's also another Debbie or Debbie. Her last name is literally Debbie. She's French and though she insists her spoken English isn't very good, she writes just fine. She sent us a photo of a doll that looked like a perfect match. Hazel sleep eyes, curl black hair, and around five inches tall. Okay, so look, I know we sounded confident the first two times, but this time, Kate and I felt sure that we had found Zoe. But only Dodi could confirm if it was really her, so we brought her back into the NBI office. Don't I?
2: Yes. Hello. Welcome
0: back. Thank you. Um. So we're getting closer. Okay. Okay. We we look. We're circling like vultures. Okay. We're getting closer, and we have found doll that we believe is the closest one yet. Like okay. we have been personally kind of stunned by some of like the aspects and facts that we found out about this doll. Yeah. So um, what I have right here. If I just looked up my laptop. Oh my gosh. It's a folder. (laughs) Top secret. Top secret folder. Um, And, you know, just feel free to open it and peruse what's... It's a dossier. Yeah. Open what... You know, just look at what's inside. Feel free to peruse. Okay. I'm perusing. Oh. Oh. Oh, my gosh. So, there's, like, quite a few photos in there.
3: Yeah. Huh. Well, Yeah. Wait, I think, yeah, I feel like this is, oh my goodness, the eyes and the arms and the little shoes <laughs> <laughs> and the little underwears. I feel like this is, I feel like these are her underwear. And I feel like this is, I think her, I think her shoes were black, but it was like this exact same style of like a tiny Mary Jane. Mm. And definitely she had like little.
0: Don't I went on like this for minutes. <laughs> Listing all the reasons this doll looked like Zoe.
3: Um, and, like, the ar- the position of the arms where, um, I mean, it's the arm slash hand where it's, like, sort of animated. Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like that that's... Basically, her face.
3: This mouth, but there was
0: one detail that she kept getting hung up on. At first, I was like, "No, this is Zoe," but the mouth is
3: slightly different. I think.
0: Okay, so okay, so so this isn't this isn't quite Zoe, is what you're saying. That's right. But I feel like this is the closest Mm. that we've. I mean,
3: that the (laughs) the photos I got from the (laughs) unknown number. Yes. Um we're nowhere near this close, you
0: know. This mm-hmm. is the closest that I've seen. So, I um you know, so okay, so this isn't your doll and, and like you know, we've tried, you've tried. We've had several Black Doll experts try, including one in France. Wow. And you know, we we've all kind of come up even just a little bit short. And like something I keep wondering is like what if What if Zoe's not findable in this way?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that, like, it's not that it would—it's not that it makes me sad, necessarily. It just is kind of like—I guess it's like the feeling of loss, you know? You have something, and you you lose it, and you've lost it, and— you have to, like,
0: accept that you're not going to see it again. I guess by not finding Zoe, like, what do you feel like you're losing?
3: No, I don't feel like I'm losing anything. And I really feel that I'm serious. Like, I went into this, like, doll K-hole. of <laughs> <I'm> looking <laughs> at all these pictures and coming and talking to you about it. But, like, now... As we're coming to the end of this, it's like I'm,
0: I don't, I'm, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> but like, I, it's interesting because, like, as you, as you're saying that, like, there's no loss for you. You are in this, like, you're this in this laugh, <laughs> laughter, cry thing know, right now. I know. So I'm wondering. I'm so like, anything? Like, what's what's beneath that? Like, you say that there's no loss, but like, what what? Like, well, I mean, no. I mean, there's tremendous, there's tremendous loss
3: because there's, you can't, (laughs) you can't, you can't duplicate a mother's love. Like, it's just like, no, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I think, uh, (laughs) I think it's irreplaceable. Like, I always knew that that there was love, and that I came into this world like already like extremely well loved, mm-hmm. and my name means beloved. That's what Dodi means. So,
0: mm. you think that's how your mom felt about you?
3: Yes, yes, yeah. I don't need. I don't actually need Zoe. She's the. She became like a little symbol of that of a, of the of a of the in, enormity of a mother's love yeah she was an expression of love and it's like a gift that you give because you like love your child and then I loved her and then my mom being like I remember how much you love this thing like I want you to have it again you know and Mm -hmm. and I also think that the process of looking is just It's just like a way to stay in those feelings of, you know, of the, of, of happy memories and (laughs) loving feelings and the warmth of memory and the warmth of love and the warmth of that kind of connection is like, it's like so wonderful. Of course you just want to (laughs) like
0: bathe in it, spend time. So we didn't find the doll. But Dodai did get to luxuriate in some of those beautiful memories of her mother. And the more I thought about this journey and all the women we spoke to, the more meaning I found in her mother's desire to give her Zoe as a parting gift. I started to think that maybe her mother didn't want the doll to only remind Dodai of her love, but of a kind of love Dodai could always fall back on. A love for her own brown eyes, her own curly hair, and her own brown skin. One of the things that's been really beautiful to me is like, like a black doll is also kind of like a symbol of like self love. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, right. like, like I don't know. What do you think about the fact that like that your mother wanted you to have that by giving you Zoe?
3: Yeah, I mean that fits in exactly with her whole mission. <laughs> in life which is like to champion her children and make sure they knew that they were loved and like she was really thoughtful about that in terms of my dolls and my sister's dolls you know we had many different skin tones but they were all black dolls mm. like we did not have white dolls and and it was like a purposeful search <laughs> always to find <laughs> And like the curly hair ones because we had curly hair and, mm-hmm. yeah, that look like us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just every, you know, making all of these tiny decisions. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to give you the best, most beautiful vision of yourself that you could possibly have. Right. Like that was the intention.
3: Yeah. Like a bunch of tiny decisions add up to a lifetime of thinking about making someone else's life better and putting your own desire slightly behind Mm -hmm. someone else's to be generous in that way selfless in that way very lucky
0: it makes you feel lucky yeah i feel very lucky The Nod is produced by me, Brittany Luce, with Eric Eddings, Kate Parkinson-Morgan, and Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurrahman. We are edited by Emmanuel Berry and Jorge Just. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. For additional music credits, check out our show notes at gimletmedia.com slash The Nod.